The first price changes are done, Noah, and we're ready to kick into when the Supercoach season gets really interesting. Yeah, we are ready to go. Um, unfortunately, a lot of my players are on the wrong end of that price change list, um, but it is looking quite interesting to see how it's going to pan out. Season's gone a bit downhill for you in the last couple of weeks, and we'll get to that very shortly. Yep. But before we get into that, uh, remember to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on iTunes, or leave us a review. Follow us on SoundCloud and leave the podcast a like. We'll try and hit 30 likes on this podcast. Uh, yep, 30 likes, I think. Uh, what did we get on our last one? Do you know? Like 15. Yeah, pretty average. So we'll double it. Yep, I'd say 30 is a good good target. All right, so we'll jump into our teams. As always, Noel, you can go first. Let us know how you went. <laughs> okay, well, I actually need to have a look at what I actually scored. It was somewhere in the 2100. So anyway, I had a pretty average week. Um, it started off okay, uh, but the usual suspects just decided to, to play up a little bit. So I scored 2124. Um, and I've slipped to an overall ranking of 7,154 after being 138th at um, the first round. So we'll start off with the good uh, for what it's worth. Uh, so we had Dangerous Captain with 138, uh, that's stock standard. Uh, Pendles, another good score with 125. Uh, pretty questionable with how he scored the Bullshit. 125, but I will take it. I will take it every day of the week. Fife, 113, you know, probably he's not... Building. He's, building, he's building, but he's not scoring, though, the big scores that we're used to, but he's getting there. Um, Merritt, 98, is okay. Uh, Dane Beams, 109, obviously Nankervis, 107. Uh, House finally turned, decided to turn up and scored 124. Um, who else have we got here? If I, know, I can pick off anyone. Oh, of course, uh, Nick Newman, 105. Uh, so not many people had Nick Newman, a lot of people getting on him this week, uh, but that was very good from the Swans defender. Now, for the bad. Now, the bad, I wouldn't say awful, but average. So, um, Kate Simpson, again, 73. I don't know what, what, I don't know what it is with, with Cade Simpson and me owning him, but every time I own him, he scores badly. Uh, and every time I don't own him, he scores well. So, yeah, I don't know. He has, like, the same stats as Doherty, but Doherty ends up scoring, like, 50 points more. Anyway. Oh, another good one as well that I completely forgot about. Jared Witts, 114. Uh, good starter. Yes, with good... Uh, with good. Um, with Gorn. <laughs> with Gorn going down, uh, it looks as though the Witts-Sandy-Ruck combo is actually kind of been the only one shining light for me uh, so far in the season. We are only three weeks in, so... Um, other than that, other bad players, Jager, 44, I think. That was pretty awful, I don't know, because I've already rage-traded him out. Um, uh, Laird, 86, was average. Shaw, 89, average. None of my defensive premiums scored over 100. Uh, Marchbank, 56, wasn't that great. Uh, Powell Pepper, 51. Sean Higgins, 58. Don't know what he was doing on the weekend. Um, but that's about it. So, I mean, not terrible scores, but not high enough. They're just yeah. mediocre. Plenty of room for improvement. Yes. At least the positive is that it's the premiums that are a bit underperforming who will kick up their scoring over time. Exactly right. 
Well, I scored, had a better week than Noah. I scored 2,231, <laughs> moved about 600 places in the rankings up to 4.7K. Nice. So we're on the slow, gradual increase. I have burnt well, now four trades, which isn't ideal um, through trading out Nick Rewell, and then he comes back to 160. <laughs> uh, the good, all my defensive premiums besides Rory Laird were quite good. Taylor Adams, 122, averaging 117. Bloody love Taylor Adams. Doherty, 111. Don't know how he does it, but I'm happy oh, I have him this year to do crazy. it. Danger, captain, 138. As consistent as they come, Danger. I think his lowest scores, 138. High scores, 140. And his break-even's 139. Yeah, so. and with Danger as well, um, I mean, his kick, the good thing is kicking a lot of goals and getting a lot of touches. He had three goals and 36 touches or something on the weekend. So, obviously, yeah. he's yeah, doing very, very well. And he scores a lot in the last quarter at the moment. If he had a good yeah. first half, he'd be scoring one. Should tear apart Hawthorne on Monday. Yeah, uh, the Bombs, 133, oh, scored 130 three I, t- I should give up, because I told you on the weekend, as soon as I saw he was on three at quarter time, he had like two touches and a clanger. It's like, yeah, there's definitely no way he's going to come back from this. How does he still end up with 133? It does not make any sense. Champion data just love him. When he was having shots on goal, I was like, oh, should I be wanting these to go through or for him to miss for Frio's <laughs> sake? But um, he did the right thing, scored well on Frio 1. Uh, 5, 113. Uh, Mitchell and Kennedy both turned up. Beams turned up. Trelaw turned up. So my midfield premiums were firing. The Nank, 107, and Sandy, 100. Dalhouse, 124, did well. And Tommy Lynch. I kept Tommy Lynch, kept the faith. Good job. And scored 94 uh, on the improve. Oh, also, Andy Otten, 98. Yes. Very well done. And Hampton, 84. The negatives. Caleb Marchbank, 56. In the wet, wasn't ever going to do that well. Pal Pepper, 51. Sean Higgins, 58. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and Will Hoskin Elliott did all right. Looked very ordinary, though. Did look but very ordinary, but yep, that last goal definitely saved him. Scrapped a 71 where it looked like he was going to score probably about a 50. And my F6 position is a real worry in my side at the moment because I had to trade out Rewalt and restructure. I had Harley Ballack on field, thinking he'd play inside mid. Scored quite well for only playing 57% game time. <laughs> scored 38 but the other options I had were Hannon, who scored 32, Eddie, who scored 42, and Piccadilly, who scored 36. So yeah, I need so to shore I mean, up that exactly. F6 spot. So do you have Butler at F5? Is that right? Uh, F4, technically, because Lynch is below him on average. That's always a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. But Butler, I think Butler will have a Papley moment soon and start going downhill. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if it was against Brisbane, to be honest. It'd be interesting to see how strong. he goes. Yeah. Spray us bud time, Noah. I think we might <sighs> be, both be spraying the same person here. So we do and do a joint spray of Sean Higgins. Yeah, let's do it. Right, I like you can it. Kick us off. So, Sean, I don't know what I watched the game on the weekend. Now, I was saying this to you on the weekend. You know those games where you just you just watch the game, and you can see the player is around the ball. He's around it all the time. He's there, but he either can't get it. Uh, when he gets it, he fumbles it, or teammates just don't want to give it to him. It's what happened with Sean on the weekend, and I don't actually know. Like he was in the he was in the guts for the pretty much the whole game. Um, the thing that I don't like as well is that he looks exactly like Jack Zeeble. Yeah, wears the same boots, looks the exact same. So every time Jack Zeeble gets the ball, I think it's Sean Higgins. I look at the stats and think, yes, he's going to go up, and then Jack Zeeble goes up. I'm like, damn it. Um, yep, apparently, as you told me, apparently Sean Higgins gets a haircut every week now, so maybe he needs to, to uh, swallow 
follow wrote an article saying that he's trying to break the haircut record. Um, yep. So, so maybe every he, week. exactly. So maybe he needs to spend more time on the field. Uh, you know, pra- practicing, training, training, doing things, and less time in the barber. So. Yep. That's what I think. I mean, it's a bit harsh on Sean, to be fair, considering he started with 111 and 130. Um, but really, I expected more from him. Yep. Uh, playing good Friday footy against his old team this week. So it could be make or break for Sean Higgins. Needs to get involved. Sean, lift for us here. We had faith in you. You've burnt us in the past. Oh, and you helped me a couple of years ago. You are very good. But... <laughs> But you need to deliver a big score, and hopefully, people are jumping off him. Yep, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. I mean, a lot of people. I know a few people jumped on him last 6.4% week. Six point four percent sides. He was about three and a half. Yeah. Starts, so yeah. So come on, Sean, fire up for us. Exactly. The leagues, Noah. Um, yes, lads. We're not going to lie. <laughs> we're extremely disappointed. <laughs> we're expecting these leagues to be. High quality, and at the moment we only have one inside the top 500, and that's Noah's league. What league is that, Noah? Uh, it's station number five, I believe, 269th. Uh, so good job, lads. I'm probably the one that's going to probably letting the side down there. Um, but yeah, it's pretty pretty good uh, considering that all our other leagues are at least a thousand places outside of that. <laughs> yeah, well, t- Super Coach station number two and four are 574 and 577, but we're on the decline. Uh, we're not looking that good. <laughs> not going to lie, lads, I'm holding the, the leagues together at this stage. I think I'm top two or four in all of them. <laughs> so it's about, and I'm having not the greatest year, so it's about time others lift for me. Uh, did you see the weekly winner as well this week, No. Oh, actually, I have he not made, had a look at the rankings He made his, his team last week. Because no before way. Cash price, yep, and he just picked off the likes of Clayton Oliver, Higgins, um, I think Josh Kelly might have been on his side, Wits, just picked off all the blokes who hadn't had a price rise yet, Mark Murphy, Oh my God. Is and, it... sco- and won himself money. MVFC? Uh, I think that's his name. I saw it on the it's Herald Mar- something. It's Marie. It's a, it's a she. Oh, she, sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but. But. It was. Oh, I don't agree with that. You shouldn't be able to make a side after round one and win money. Shouldn't be able to. <laughs> Should be just illegal. Stack the just stack, stack the team. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap! Look at this team. They had Sean Higgins. That gives hope to everyone. That yeah, you can I mean, still win a weekly if you have the, Sean Higgins. <laughs> yeah, but when you're stacking your team with bloody who else? They had a Sloan and yeah. Um, I mean, it's like a Murphy. Yeah, Murphy, Bont, Danger, Sloan, Oliver, Doherty. Yeah, it's a bit yeah, sus. so that's, that's a farce, Harold's on. It's a farce. Um, yeah, so change the rules in future, otherwise we'll be exploiting them. Yeah, it should, just, no, be a, should just be a permanent lockout once round one's done. No more creation of teams. Uh, once it's reckon, locked in, it's locked in. Do you reckon she has another team, or, and this is just her second team? Well, the team name is MVFC, which I assume is Melbourne Victory MC, so that's a classic uh, victory scum move. Oh, what what was her name, her first name? Marie. Maybe that's V's her last name and then she's just calling out. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a very good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. So, anyway, it's a good theory. <laughs> All right. So, on to some big news. We haven't talked about what's going to be on the podcast today. So, we're going to talk about Max Gorn's situation, some yep. options that you could use to bring in for him in the forward line midfield and in the ruck if you have dual position movement. Jago O'Meara. 
topic of debate. Mm. Uh, a few rookies on the bubble, falling premiums, look at the captaincy and Q&A. Got some very good Q&A questions. High quality this week. Lovely. So well done. Max Gorn, Noah, we both avoided yes, the and it looks a lot. bullet. Yep, it looked like we have done ourselves a big... I mean, when the round one sides came out and Jake Spencer was in, I think a few people panicked and tried to get him in. I know there's was Fantasy Freako. Uh, I can't remember who they downgraded. I saw this tweet the other, ga- other day. They downgraded someone to Tui to afford... I think it was Taylor Adams. I think that, that's right, yeah. It was de- downgraded um, Adams to Tui to afford Gorn. Um, but it's probably like the one time where it's a move like that that we've made has actually paid off. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Goldie as well. People started with him. Looks yeah. very on. So... You gotta to have to trade Gorn. I think yeah. well, I saw one person on Twitter saying he was gonna hold him until other options came up and just play Proofs and Wits on for field. Three months, Jesus Christ! But you can't have six hundred k on the bench. Exactly, just to... bank it. So we're gonna go through three options, Noah. First one, trading to a premium. I've got two premiums down here of uh, ruck premiums. First one we'll start with, who I believe is gonna be the number one ruck if. Archie Smith doesn't come back mm. in. Stefan Martin, Steph, looking yeah. very, very good. Uh, I think he's had over 20 touches in all three games, yeah. scoring 120s and stuff. Looking very good. Uh, he's, he's got this old tactic now with him as well where he uh, gets a hit out down to himself and just clears the ball out himself. So, you know, that gets him a good 10 points or so. Um, and he's also staying a kick behind the play as well. A bit like Nan Curvis at the time when there's a stoppage in the forward line. He shifts back a bit, about 50 metres behind the ball and gets a kick. Yeah. The, uh, intercepts that. And I feel as though uh, Fagan does not rate Archie Smith, I don't think. I think Lepper rated Archie Smith a lot more than Fagan does. And I think Fagan realised that Steph is the undisputed number one. So I don't think Archie Smith's going to come back anytime soon. I think uh, I think Steph would be the most obvious option to replace Scorn. The other one is Brody Grundy a lot of people are jumping on. The thing about Grundy is he doesn't score huge a lot mm. of the time. He score he scores between 95 and 110 or so. Not yeah. very consistent. But I don't think he's going to really separate. Steph can score 160s. What are your thoughts on Grundy? Yeah, Grundy, okay. But I, I think, I definitely think Steph's um, upside is a lot more just because his ceiling's a lot higher. Because uh, I think with Grundy, I mean, he gets a lot of his points from touches. Um, yeah, he's not a great hit out to advantage. Yeah, but Steph is. Steph gets a lot of hit outs to advantage, and especially when he hits them out to himself and, yeah. and gets his own clearances, uh, it's even better. So, I mean, you should probably, like, we can look at Brisbane's fixture as well. They play Richmond. They play the Nank this week. Yep. So that should be okay. I mean, Nank, is, he's been very, very good, but he does get a lot of his points around the ground as well. It was very similar to Grundy. Yeah. yeah. Grundy scored well against Nankervis, and he's not the greatest. I'd say Steph's a better tap Rothman. Yeah. And, and after that, Brisbane. I think Brisbane's fixture will get a bit tougher as it goes along. They have Western Bulldogs, who so don't have a Rothman. Yep. So that'll be a positive for Steph. Uh, the AFL website is having to <laughs> very slowly at this stage. Port Adelaide the week after, with Paddy Ryder. Yeah. And, but the thing is, though, like you look at their fixture in the after week, that week after they have Sydney, there's not many real monster Ruckman going around with Gorn mm. gone and Goldie yep. not really playing with Bruce. Sandy is pretty much the only Ruckman who you would say is going to dominate a lot of people in terms of hit outs. A lot of the other ones have gone for the agile type Ruckman, the Naismith, the who else is around on Tom Boyd or Campbell. Yeah. I mean, maybe Ryder. except like, for, Ruffin with the exception of Adelaide, maybe, with Sam Jacobs, but... Jacobs as well, yeah. 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 But uh, I wouldn't be 
reading heaps into the opponent each week, but I do prefer Steph Martin over Grundy. Yep. Similar price as well. Yep. So if you started with Martin, well done. Uh, a downgrade, Noam. This is where people are looking. Three options here. We'll start with Nankervis. If you don't have Nankervis, it's got a game in. Yeah. We'll end up being a keeper option. for sure. Keeper, either forward or ruck. Could be a ruck keeper now with Vaughan yeah. and other ones yeah. going down. Could average 110. This The next one is one that's interesting, me. You've had this man all along, Jared Witts. Yes, Jared Witts. I do not like people trading in Jared Witts. People saying, oh, he's going to make more cash. But you've missed out on 90K. If he has a poor game, scores 50 or 60, he's not making much more cash. Exactly. I think if you didn't start with Jared Witts, I don't think there's any point in bringing him in. He started at 214K. Um, and, yeah, I don't think there's any point in bringing uh, Wits in. So I think if you started with him, great. Um, you've done you've done well. I'll give myself a pat on the back. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I wouldn't be trading because, exactly, it's like, it's like trading, like, a premium for... It's like going Trelaw to David Swallow. Exactly. But after, but uh, Swallow, but after David but... Swallow's played three games and has risen to yeah. 400k. Exactly. And yeah. bloody Swallow is a better option than Wits. So I yeah. would hold off Wits. Wits isn't going to be a top two rough. He might be top four, might be good to stay in for the, until the buys. Mm-hmm. He does have a round nine buy, though, so be careful if you are trading him in. He's going to be missing a game in four weeks' time. Yeah, exactly. The other man, a downgrade option, very left field, could be if you've given up on your season already, Jake Spencer. Jake Spencer. Jake Spencer, <laughs> the man who is the Gorn lookalike, and I know he played forward in the JLT. But in, when he's had to share the ruck duties in the past, it's averaged 77, 70, and 72. 2015 were his most recent games here. Scored 90, 115, and 102 until Maxi Gorn came into the side. Yeah. He's about 240k, I think Spencer is. It's risky, I it know. It is very but risky. <laughs> banks you 350k, I would certainly not be doing it. But... If you've pretty much given up on a year or trying to find a differential and you don't like wits, Spencer could be your man. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he'll be good for whatever it is, 12 weeks. And then, you know, if Jake Spencer does really well, it could be a straight swap to Max, Maxi Gorn in an ideal world. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't be touching Jake Spencer um, at all. I think the other move that a lot of people are doing is shifting Nankervis into the rucks and picking up a dual position, whether it be forward or mid, if they have another dual position shift. So we'll go through a couple of the forward options. Got four down here. We're going to start with Nick Rewalt. Yeah. Uh, that man, I love Nick Rewalt, but he's really ruining my trust <laughs> after what he did to me. Uh, it was long-term injury. Traded him out, brought in Rory Laird, and bloody Rewalt scored more than Laird as in, bloody, in one game. So Rewalt, I really like him as an option. Playing a lot of games that Eddie had. Jump on Nick Rewalt uh, for Gorn. And you, you bank about 50k as well. Yeah, especially yeah. with, um, I think Armo's still going to be out, I think, this week. I think he might be back this week. Okay, well, either way, he, he still plays. Either. He still plays in like a high midfield uh, wing role anyway. So he'll still score well and go floats forward and kicks the odd goal. So looks very he'll still dangerous. Be a good option. Yeah. yeah. Buddy had a bit of a poor game on the weekend, uh, but I like the way he's doing it. Even when he didn't. Play that well. Still scored in the seventies. That's what I. That's the thing with Buddy is he. You know he didn't kick a goal, but he's exactly still. That's the thing with Buddy. He can still score seventies to you know seventy to ninety when he doesn't kick goals because he still gets involved in score involvements and things like that. So Buddy is a good option. You know when he starts kicking goals, uh, he has very big days. 
Jack McRae turned up against Freo, is consistent, but doesn't look to be getting back to his, was it 2014 or 2015? Yeah, there was one year where he went, was going I think it was 2014 well. when Libba was doing well. Yeah. McRae started scoring 130s and stuff. Doesn't look like doing that this year. Yeah, I don't think so. And I'm still not a fan of having House and McRae in the same forward line. And Bont and Pally will have to come in exactly. as well. Exactly. A lot of people have Bont. Yeah. Bit of a left field option. Took Miller. Yeah. I think he's averaging around the 100 mark. Yeah. You had him in preseason. Yeah. <laughs> I like Took as an option. Gold Coast looked a bit better. And even though we're not playing pure midfield, he's still finding enough touches uh, around the ground to score 80 or 90 at the minimum. Yep. Kicking goals. He had two goals and 28 touches on the weekend. Uh, he's looking very good. Regret not starting with him, but. Uh, still probably cheap enough to pick him off if you're looking at getting on getting on him because he's I think four fifty or something k something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're gonna get on him, you'd get on him now because you don't want to fork out five hundred k for him. Any other forwards knowing like pick off? You obviously have to wait on players with high break evens like Kennedy who we'll get to a bit later. Any other ones? Toby Green. Toby Green, good. I do like. Um, especially well, the thing with Toby Green is that. I think, as you said last week, he's he goes big in GWS wins. So, I mean, they won on the weekend, scored 92, which is okay. Um, but He was on track to score even bigger. Exactly, though. yeah. So, I, I do like Toby Green as an option. Midfield options, we've put... There's plenty of options, uh, but we've put three here, which we think... Bont and Pally is an obvious one. Yeah. Should be getting on. We're not going to talk about Mark because we've got a few Q&A <laughs> questions about him later who we're going to discuss. Yeah. But Dustin Martin, we talked about him last week. We're talking about him again. He looks the real deal, top five midfielder this year. Yeah, I put up the status. I put up the status. Uh, let, I, I think I screenshotted it the other day with some of the comments that were on there. Um, but, yeah, I put up the status. I think it was two weeks before the season started. I said, you know, champion data said, you know, when Dusty goes forward, he has, the I think, the highest percentage of winning one-on-ones. Um, and he's still going to be playing in the midfield as well. So you think with that added bonus of him playing forward, he's probably going to increase his scoring increase. You know, the comments on there like, oh, but usually when people go forward, they don't score as well. And like, ha-ha, pass. Yeah, well, hey, you know. People laugh at you. Yes, Ridiculed they did. You even suggesting him as an yeah, option. Yeah, they did now. Or probably those people are the ones that have him now. Um, Dusty looks like he's on another level at the moment. Uh, kicking like two goals a game and getting, you know, 35 touches as well. He's almost, he's, I would say he's almost angel-like at the moment uh, with the way he's scoring. I mean, I watched the game on the weekend. He was just everywhere and he looked really dangerous up forward as well. Um, So I, if, I don't know why he showed this, he didn't show this type of scoring when he was a forward. It's yeah. really annoying, but yeah, he's definitely a great option to get on, but he's getting very expensive now. <laughs> he is. You almost have to jump on now or wait for him to have a bad game and yeah. jump back down. He's definitely at the moment a top three or four mid along with Bont and Murphy. A man who is pushing into that category, he always does this at the, always does this at the start of the year, Rory Sloan. Yeah. Scored huge. I think he scored 168, 168 or so. Scored really the well the week before. Yeah. A lot of people got off him because of his uh, cheekbone issue, eye socket issue. Always has a lot of facial injuries, does <laughs> Rory Sloan. But looks very good. Uh, obviously, the person who won the weekly had him in the team. Yeah. You, thoughts on Rory Sloan? Wait for him to have a bad game and come back down. Very similar to Callum yeah. Ward we were talking about earlier. Um, the thing with Sloan as well is that he doesn't need a lot of touches to score well because he 
tackles a lot and gets a lot of contested possessions. I think he had 24 contested on the weekend. Um, but then the other thing with Rory Sloan is is that he does score. He can score a lot of 80s to uh, low hundreds as well. Um, so it depends on how you look at it. But Rory Sloan's a very good option. But I would still hold off um, and wait because he'll have a bad game at some point. Yeah, a lot of people already have six premiums in the midfield. I have seven. So, and that's including oh, Deans. <laughs> so, people, yeah. don't jump too early on picking yeah. off these players. Wait and see who the real deal is. Bont and Pally and Dusty, obvious ones. But yeah. I don't know if Sloan will be top eight mid. Exactly. I would second that. Uh, on to Jago Miranar. man, I love talking about this man Ugh. because I was right. Ugh. I was right so at bad. this stage. So Not very often I get these calls right as we discussed the other week. But I saw this coming. It was a couple of days before the season when I was getting my team right for the team reveal. And I chucked Jager out. And boy, oh boy, hasn't it been a good option. He's risen about 8K, I think. Yeah. Uh, Break-even's up around 58 now. Everyone, I think people jumped on Jager expecting him to average around the 100 mark and possibly so. be a fringe keeper but yeah. make plenty of cash. But now it's got to the stage where that 44, whatever he scored, is going to be in his cycle for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. What do you do with Jager? No, I know you've traded. I've traded. <laughs> yep, I've rage traded Jager out already. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because the thing is, when you look at it, essentially he's, what, 320K. So, yep. like, scoring 70 to 80 is good for his price, which is probably around what he would be scoring. I mean, he had a an average game on the weekend. Um, but before that, you know, scored 89 the week before. Uh, the week before that, um, started slow, but still scored, I think, 70-odd. So, you know, he may come good, but a lot of people are jumping off. And I can see why. Because, well, you think he played, you said he played a little bit of half-forward on the weekend? Um, yeah, played a fair bit of half-forward. Yeah. But he handballs it a lot, so I don't like that. Doesn't tackle either. I put up a stat <laughs> on the page. He's had five tackles in three games. Yeah which is very ordinary when he was averaging six tackles a game at the Gold Coast in his last season there that he actually played. Exactly. So, so I think, he needs uh, to get back into that inside mid role to get the big scoring going. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can't remember who said it, maybe it was Jared Healy or someone, that met. essentially I think Hawthorne have they've recruited a 23-year-old with like a 29-year-old's body is what it seems like. So um, yeah, it'd be quite interesting to see. I mean, he's definitely got the basis there to score well, as we saw with the 37 touches or whatever it was uh, the week prior. But yeah, he needs to show something in order to to be kept. Yeah, I would prioritise getting in the likes of Newman and stuff over him and fixing up any other issues. Yeah. But if you already have them like you do, Noah, yeah. I'd be getting off Jager. Uh, what about a sideways or almost slight downgrade to David Swallow? Swallow's looking quite good, averaging yeah. over negative 42 break even i think yep i like i do like the swallow option um it is a slight downgrade and he's gonna make a lot of cash i think his break even is what negative 50 negative 42 yeah so he's gonna make a lot of cash more than jager anyway um and looks like i don't know i didn't really watch the game on the weekend so i'm not too sure what role he's playing midfield so he's playing like an inside midfield or like a wing a bit of both, a bit of a mixture. Let me have a look, Swallow. Here we go. 34 touches. Oh, yeah, 17 contested, 9 clearances. Jesus, okay. Yeah, so he's looks like he could be a very good option um, to have. And, yeah, obviously will be a nice uh, stepping stone to another premium if Swallow doesn't end up being a keeper. Question mark is his body. 
That is yes, the big issue. Exactly. So he looked. He was getting some work on his. I think it was his legs or something, or his back uh, later in the game. Looked like he was cramping and stuff, so a bit of a worry there. But he'll come good, and yeah. you only need four or five weeks out of him. But remember, round nine by, so yeah. that could stuff up. By the time, he may not have even reached his full cash potential by then, but you might have to jump off him early. But I like David Swallow as an option. A couple of other rookies on the bubble, Noah. Nick Newman, negative 105. Yeah. Uh, have to get him in. I'm have to get him in. He's he's very very good. Um, he's it's an interesting role because he plays sort of like a rebounding halfback role, but he's in the forward line a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think he starts on the wing sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah. gets into the forward line. I mean, it, when the game was there to wait. Was it there to be won? Was it a close game? I can't even remember. One point, the difference. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So when the game was there to be won, um, I do remember he was around the ball a lot, especially in the defensive 50, and then uh, Buddy set him up for his uh, goal, I think, in the fourth quarter or late in the third. Um, so that was good. I mean, he's kicked a, kicked a goal in his first game, kicked a goal in the second game, so he's got that added dimension to score a lot more. Um, but, yeah, definitely looks like a great option to have. Yeah, since round two, Fantasy Freako put up this stat that he's second at the Swans for long kicks and third for effective kicks. So which is, all, which is well by gold. Foot. Yeah. Exactly. As we were talking about the other day on the page, Trelaw, a lot of people complaining about his scoring, but if you butcher the ball by foot, you're not scoring well in Supercoach. Exactly. And you just go play, go play AFL Fantasy if you're going to yeah. complain about uh, the thing, which we do, we do anyway, so that's a bit hypocritical. We but. do, but <laughs> on the weekend, it was a fair score for Trelaw. I think yeah. it, went, it went about 45% overall, but I think he went at like 30% by foot. Yeah. So you're not going to score that well when you're doing that, even though he did have 14 or 15 tackles. Two other Sydney rookies on the bubble, pretty much the only ones this week. Uh, Fox, Robbie Fox, I believe his name is, negative 62, 102k mid. Do not like his job security. I would not be touching him. Don't like his job security. Definitely prefer Haywood. Um, Haywood, Haywood looks very good on the weekend. Um, looks as though he'll keep yeah. his spot at least until maybe Papley comes back. Um, but yeah, he's doing very well. Looks very exciting in the forward line. Um, yeah. Falling premiums, Noah. We've got yeah. a list here. <laughs> my whole, my whole side. <laughs> to, to look at and we'll say where we think they're at. So, Todd Goldstein, interesting talking point, Goldie. Yeah. Playing, I think he played about 50% ruck in his time on did ground, 50% forward. Did you see the... Yes. The free, yep. Uh, the, yeah. old, the old 70% Bruce uh, in the ruck and 50% uh, for Goldie, 120%. Uh, some great maths, I think. I think, I think that was based. Time, yeah, I think it was based their on their time, time on ground, not yeah. total time in the <laughs> yeah. rack, because the um, yeah the maths would be very off there. Uh, for but Bruce a, looks to yeah. Bruce looks to be the number one ruck at the moment, and Goldie doesn't look great. His body looks a bit stuffed at the moment. One hundred eighty six break even hasn't changed in price yet. Would you be jumping off? Um, I would, some people have some mm. people have Gorn and Goldie. Yeah. This which is, is what we were going to do, which is what we yeah. were going to have. We were going to start with that exact right combo. Um, I would be jumping off, personally. Um, I wouldn't be jumping on Proust because he's already risen to 200k. So, you're, like Wits, you've missed out on, what, 80k or something like that. Uh, I would be jumping off Goldie, though. I mean, just go, go Goldie to, to Steph. That's if, only if, you have no other things to fix. Like, obviously, prioritise Nick Newman... And things like that. But if you've already getting got... Getting rid of Gorn as well. Exactly. So if you've got 
A lot of people do have Goldie at R1 as well, so if that's your main issue, then goodbye. All means go ahead and trade him. Um, but yeah, it could be that a lot of people will be trading out their whole ruck brigade, their whole ruck brigade this week. Yeah, it continues on the trend of the top two scorers in the rucks each year not being able to back it up. Uh, I don't think there's been a person who's been the top ruck scorer the year before and then been the top ruck scorer again the year after. So Gorn has failed that yet again. So it's something to look forward to next year with the likes of Steph and Brody Grundy. Don't touch (laughs) him. Now we're getting into the little pocket here of setting the Barlow's team. (laughs) (laughs) Kay Simpson, Noah, 181 break even. Well, he's, he's... He'll get 181. He will get 181 points, but unfortunately, it'll be over probably the next six weeks that he will he will get that. But oh, Cade Simpson. No, he, he was in the right spot though. He just fumbled a lot in the wet. Yeah, and I mean it was wet. So I mean, he it looked like how it was because I was at work, but I was looking at the stats. Uh, I was getting a bit worried because he I think only had two touches for a lot of the first quarter. I was like, oh, here we go again. But he did lift. Um, but I'm not sure what's happened to uh, Big Cade Simpson after last year. Last year he had a great year where his lowest score was 84. I think maybe the emergence of Plowman. Um, yeah, Plowman scored very, Bank very well. well. Um, but I think, yeah, I think because Plowman saw... Because, I mean, Marchbank is more like the tall half-forward that just goes and picks it off. But I think Plowman may be sort of being groomed into the Simo role, which I don't like. <laughs> Well, Simo, I think, will still be a good downgrade, oh, upgrade option, sorry, when he's dropped a bit yeah. in price. He's going to get below 500k, so jump on everyone. <laughs> Heath Shaw doesn't look himself at the moment, big heater. Getting a bit of the ball, but not scoring to be 174 break even. He could come out and score 150 on yeah. the weekend. That's the good thing about Shaw. I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for him, but I definitely wouldn't be trading him. I've seen a couple of people suggest trading him on Twitter. Really? Oh, yeah, if you want, would... to, if you want to see some bizarre theories, look on some of the Supercoach page uh, accounts on Twitter. Like a lot of them are very good, but there's a few out there with very, very weird reasoning yeah, about certain questionable. things. Um, yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, he's proven though. Like that's the thing with Shaw exactly. is that he'll score a lot of eighties, but he will come out one day and just score one sixty out of the blue. So, I mean, if Shaw is the most of your worries, and you're probably in a pretty good spot. Uh, but Shaw should be, you know, score, he's scoring okay. I mean, defend, I think a lot of people with defenders, they expect midfield-like numbers, like 130s and things like that. But really, defenders' ceilings should be probably around 100, 110 mark. So, um, yep. other than, obviously, blokes that are being played out of position like Taylor Adams. <laughs> yes. Uh, JJK, another one of your men, Noah, 165 break demons, crashed back down to earth like he did last year after he scored 180 in the first yeah. round. He's going to come good, inconsistent key forwards, always going to have these ups and downs, but look out for JJK to jump on. Luke Parker is an interesting one. <sighs> yeah, another one. 163 break even. He did this a couple of years ago when I had him. He looked really good the year before, mm-hmm. and then he took a long time to get going. Then he clicked in the second half of the year. Then he had a really good year last year, and he's taking a while to get going again. We discussed it last week. He's not playing pure midfield. He had 14 centre bounce attendances against the Bulldogs. I'm not sure how many he had on the weekend. Yeah. But what are you thinking? He's averaging 92, I think. Yeah, he scored. I think he scored 105 first round, scored obviously 79 um, two weeks ago, and then 93 um, last round. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've watched a lot of Sydney's games, and it's just, it doesn't look... 
doesn't look right. Like, it just doesn't... Because when we didn't have him last year, when I watched Sydney's games, he would be everywhere. All the centre clearances, absolutely everywhere. Um, He's still, you know, there at the centre bounces and things like that, but he doesn't seem to get it as much, and obviously he's spending a lot more time forward. Uh, Hanabry looked a lot better on the weekend. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. It depends on what... Sydney's doing with their midfield because they seem to be changing it up a lot. They seem to be throwing in Hewitt in there a lot. Um, Florent goes in there a little bit as well. Um, so, yeah, it just depends on what they're doing. But I think just Longmire just needs to just chuck Luke Parker in the guts and just leave him there. I'd have faith in Parker. Wait yeah. until around the buys and he can do a sideways if he keeps going downhill. Yeah. But he started at such a high price, he's going to keep his value. Yeah. Matthew Boyd, 161. This is why you don't pick these blokes at the start of the year. Exactly. A few people had Matthew Boyd. We said don't touch him. Yeah. And his position and role in the side has been changed around. All of the Bulldogs players are playing off halfback and then going forward for Stints, Murphy, Johannesson, and Boyd's another one who's doing it. Mm-hmm. Would not be touching Matthew Boyd throughout the whole year at this stage with his role that he's playing. Yeah, last year was an exception because he seemed to be playing purely halfback. Um, but obviously now... Because um, I think Matthew Boyd... Cause it, was always the case with Matthew Boyd that obviously he's old and he's sort of, you know, he's, he's being slowly weeded out of the Bulldog side, but he's sort of more there as just like a spiritual leader, I guess. Because it's sort of sad to see um, the decline. Because if you look back to, what, like 2011, 2012, Matthew Boyd was like a top five midfield primo. and was Yeah, he was always a great point of difference. Oh, was, he used to score huge and used to be a great midfielder. And then obviously as we moved to halfback and now he's going to be wishy-washed around the field. So, um, yeah, would not be touching Matthew Boyd, especially considering he's quite expensive as well. Average 116 or so in 2011. Was scoring 160s and stuff back in the day, big Matty yeah. Boyd. Was a great player back in the day. Gary Ablett kicked mm. back, played well. <laughs> Noah, you traded him. I did, I we did. <laughs> did a Q&A on the uh, page the other day. Uh, got a lot of questions. Which we weren't expecting. Uh, Gary Ablett was the topic of a lot of debate. I said, hold Gaz. And he turned around. Got a lot of cheap touches, but he still was back to somewhat near still, Gary Ablett's standard. I mean, he had what? He's never going to get back to his best. But he still had, what, two goals and 36 touches, didn't he, or something like that? Yeah, but he had about and, five he, touches the last five minutes of yeah. standing in defence, getting cheap ball. And he scored, I think, what, 115 or something like around that? Around that mark, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, so I mean, I mean, I saw this week. Uh, apparently, Gaz has stopped. He's stopped watching TV apparently because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want uh, the media speculation. He doesn't want to see the media speculation. So you know what? Maybe Gaz not watching TV anymore. It's going to lead to some big supercoach score. So, <laughs> but he just walks around eating sweet potato. Apparently, so he can do as he's at it, what he, he likes. Big Gary, yeah. Apparently, he has a big tub of sweet potato he chews on. <laughs> So, so, random facts about <laughs> Gary. JPK, 156. He'll come good. Yeah. Laird, 146. We talked about him earlier. Lynch as well. Hanabry. Hanabry looked a bit better. It looked a lot better. Was uh, in the centre bounces a lot. Um, was back to the Hanabry of old, it looked like, where, you know, you'd have the centre bounce and you'd take it straight out of the centre bounce and just send it inside 50. Um, so that was definitely a good sign. Uh, but, yeah, the Sydney midfielders are a bit are a bit strange at the moment. So Yeah, 144 break even, so you can wait a little bit while, a bit longer before jumping on Hannah's yeah. this day. Looking forward to captaincies and vice-captaincy this week, Noah. This is around the time of the year where you can start looking a bit mm-hmm. more left field with your vice-captaincy 
and trying to predict players that are going to go huge um, because Dangerfield is pretty much just the safest bet especially, around. Yeah. As- I mean, especially against Hawthorne, obviously, last game of the round as well. Uh, Danger, I think, is going to go huge. Likes of JJK and Buddy can go huge. Thoughts on them as possible options on uh, Thursday? JJK, I don't mind as an option uh, because I guess, I mean, he's going to have, well, who are they playing? Sydney. So, yeah. I mean, uh, Sydney's, you know, Sydney hasn't been that great and their, you know, their tall defensive stocks aren't that great either. Um, so, I mean, that's a, an okay option, I think, but I, yeah, I mean, he'd need to kick a bag of eight or more to do well. Um, Buddy, no, you know, I don't like players that go over to Perth, um, as the away side. Oh, um, that's hard. It's like, no, but it's, it's true. I mean, obviously with the exception of bloody Marcus Bontempelli, um, I think a lot of pe- I think the the trip over, the trip out west takes it out of a lot of players. So, um, yeah, I mean, JJK, yeah, it's an all right option, but I wouldn't say buddy. No, you got JPK and Hannah's as well. Yep. I'll go away from them. I like Bonson Pelly on Friday. Going to at Eddie had yeah, that love child <laughs> big game. Well. Yeah, yeah, Bond's going to go huge. Left field option, Sanderlands on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. We were discussing this before against Jake Spencer. He just needs to click Sandy. He, I don't think he's kicked a goal all year yet. So but he's still scoring he's well. Like, other than the two weeks ago where he scored 70-odd, like he's still scoring you know, hundreds and things like that. Yet to see a massive score from him, but obviously yeah, against Jake Spencer, could, could bring that out of the bag. Meant to be a nice day as well at the G, so you could see Sandy plucking a couple of marks, which is not, very, not seen very often. Uh, put the C on danger, safe as houses. Q&A time, Noah. Yep. Got six or seven questions here. We'll start off with Paul. As a Goldie owner, do you have Bruce's address? <laughs> I'm dressed in ninja suit and holding a crowbar. Well, I think, uh, I think Bruce, you, I think uh, I wouldn't be sneaking up on Prusy at all, because I reckon Prusy would probably end you. Um, but... He's a big boy, big Prusy. He's been... Ve- he's just come out of nowhere, Braden Prus. Um I think... Because literally the first I heard of him is when he got into, like, five scraps in that preseason game. And he um, spear-tackled um, Andrew Yeah, Swallow Andrew Swallow, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Prusy, it looks as though, especially with... North on the rebuild, I think they're going to keep Proust as their number one rock, especially him being 21 and him showing um, some very, very good signs. He looks about 30. He does look, he does, he does look very, very old. He does look like an, an old man, um, but that's what the Gold Coast Sun does to you. Um, so, yeah, Proust, you know what? If I own Goldie, I would trade him, but yeah, Proust... Is looking very, very good. If I was an all supporter, I would be quite excited. And definitely don't go trying to track him down in a ninja suit and a crowbar. Yeah. I don't know many ninjas that use a crowbar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just seems like your standard. <laughs> but um, do as you wish, there, Paul. Uh, Johnny, thinking of trading Gorn out, Nank to R two, Steel into the forward line, bringing a missed premium, e.g., Sloan, Dusty, or Danger. Here we go. This is the second part of the question. Doesn't have danger. Opted not mm. to start with danger. Do I wait for a price drop no. or take when I can afford? Man's not dropping below 700 No way. I mean, that's the thing that we... I mean, there was... Uh, I won't... Because uh, we, we don't... We do this a bit. I'm not going to name the page, but there was one specific uh, Supercoat page where a lot of the admins 
did not have danger. And I looked at the team reviews, I was like, why all these people don't have danger? You know, all the reasoning was like, oh, you know, if I can have an extra premium because I'm saving, you know, 100k, that should make up for danger. But nah, there's nothing like, you You cannot not have danger. You have to have yep. him. And you. if you don't have him, you have to get on, on him now because he's not going to drop in price. <laughs> yeah, he's, we're going to be looking back at danger in three or four years' time if he's not still at this high thing and saying, geez, remember the good old times of danger averaging 135? Put it up in the same bracket as Ablett averaging around 135, yeah. 140 back in the day. Exactly. So get on danger. James, is it worth downgrading Gorn and banking the cash for fallen premiums in the next one or two weeks or just go straight to a top-class premium midfield? So temporary point loss for a quicker upgrade. I like that That last point is an interesting one to touch on. So do you look the long-term in terms of being able to get your side full premium quicker mm. or and take the loss in the short term or do you just play it safe, get in the premium and then have to stagger your upgrade in the future. It's interesting. I mean, the thing is, I don't. I'm not a massive fan of going from a big premium like Gorn down to someone like Wits, for example. Um, I'd rather you know go premium to premium. That way, you know you're only using one trade. I mean, if you're going to downgrade, obviously, I'd say maybe like Nankervis would be. But obviously, everyone already has Nankervis. But if you don't, that would be the obvious one because he'll end up being a keeper. But you end up getting someone like, you know, Wits or Proust or whatever it is. You know, they're probably not going to be keepers. So you're going to end up spending two trades anyway. So yep. you may as well just go from the premium to the premium um, and go from there. That's my thoughts on it anyway. Well, I'd much rather bank the points in the short-term future because your upgrade might be um, pushed back further with players getting injured or suspensions or players yeah. not performing well. It's a good so point. It's, all, it's all a matter of who you, who you pick. Really? Yeah, you can't yeah. predict when your your side's going to be full premium, especially with these rookies at the moment. You can't determine if they're actually going to make cash with the yeah. likes of Stewart and players like that already having positive break-even. Troy, hey, fellas, I picked Jamie McMillan as a point of difference oh, breakout nice, end of this nice year. One, so far, hasn't <laughs> delivered. So question one, should I trade or give him a few more weeks? So we talked up McMillan two years ago, I believe. I think it was, was it last he, year or two years ago? I'm not sure. Let's have a look at his. <laughs> I think it might have been last year. No, I, th- I have a feeling it was the year before last, for some reason. Because last year he didn't play. The year before last, he scored average 88. That's right. Yeah, and he was, was more in the, the rebounding role, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But he only played 14 games or so. He got injured after round one. But he looked quite good. But he seems to be playing not his usual great role uh, North Melbourne super coach wise that he had in the last couple of years. He seems to be throwing around a bit more often. They don't seem to be using him as much. And I wouldn't say he was really a breakout contender because he well had averaged 89. <laughs> two so I'd be trading him. I would be trading him as well. I mean, you've got to look at the... F- I mean, you could have also looked at the start of the year, see, you know, they brought in Marley Williams. You know, they have Atlee as well. So that they're probably going to be the main avenues out of North's defence. Um, yeah, it's only gone 64, 87, and 74. So not awful by any means, but uh, average. Like, you want more from that. He's probably taking the spot of a premium as well in his side. So I would cut your losses and trade before he bleeds any more cash. Exactly. The second part of the question was if the tra- if trade, which we've said, uh, would it be a downgrade to Newman or upgrade to a fallen premium? I like the downgrade to Newman, yeah. to be honest. I'd probably score similar and bank yourself, what, 300k or so. Exactly. And I like, you know, if there's an obvious good downgrade in, in defence like Newman to do that, because, you know, a lot of defenders are a bit 
um, all over the place uh, generally. So if you can bank uh, the cash, get Newman, and then you can upgrade elsewhere, I'll probably put you in pretty good stead for the future. Jamie, Andy McGrath down to Nick Newman. Andy McGrath, we seem to talk about every week, hasn't had the greatest couple of games. Yeah, uh, and he's obviously he will get rested at points in the season. Obviously, uh, Guy McKenna has already said that, uh, that he's going to be managed, obviously being the number one draft pick. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a decent option. I mean, I don't know how much he is now. Is it be two? I think he's something? got up about 30k, McGrath. Uh, it's a nice cash two, grab. 246. Yeah, it's a nice cash grab. I mean, you get you bank 120k. Um, yeah, I'd do that if I were if I break even at 26. So it's not as if he's going to make heaps more cash. Yeah, from here. but I'd jump on Newman before he goes up astronomically in price. Yep, Chris. Hey guys, Blues had a good win, Noah. Know, <sighs> yeah, bullshit. <laughs> can you trade? Can you trade him both Newman and Fox? Gorn and Hibbert uh, out, with Gorn and Hibbert going out. I wouldn't be trading in Fox. I wouldn't be trading in Fox either. Uh, I think people get very caught up in Bubble Boys um, without looking at their job security too much. Uh, Newman job security is very good. Fox, I believe, I don't think will be in the side that much longer. I think he'll make way quite soon. Uh, so I wouldn't be jumping on Fox, but Newman's a big yes. Interesting point here he mentions about Hibbert going out. A lot of people are trading Mitch Hibbert. So, would you be trading the like? Would you be trading Mitch Hibbard to Newman? Rookie sideways trade. I'm like, not a yeah, fan. Yeah, exactly. Of. I'm not. I'm not a fan of rookie sideways trades at all because you're not bank. You're not the essential. Essentially, the point of getting or bringing a rookie in that's like a rookie that's on the bubble anyway is that you're going to be banking, you know, hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred k, um, to use elsewhere. But rookie sideways trading, it's just, you know, I mean, it will help you with the cash generation of the rookie you're bringing in. Um, but other than that, it's not really. But Hibbert's going to play again at some point. Yeah, you don't get picked around one and then not get picked again. I mean, the like, thing they obviously is, see something in it. Yeah, I would. But the thing is, with North, they don't play a lot of late games. If he was, if Bichim had played for Frio or something like that, where they had a lot of Sunday games and late Sunday games, things like that, um, he would be a good tactical loophole option. But I think North play a lot of early Saturday games and I think a few Friday games, so he wouldn't really have that option to use either. I like Hibbard in terms of dual position uh, for trading in other rookies. So, for example, in a week's time, you want to tr- downgrade Marchbank to, I oh, don't know, who's an option? David Myers, we'll say, in a couple of weeks' time when he yeah. comes back. And you have Mib- uh, Hibbard in the midfield. Mibbard. Just sub him. <laughs> Mibbard. you got Mibbard, <laughs> and you want to make him Dibbard in defence. <laughs> so, you trade, you trade out Marchbank, sub yeah. Hibbard into defence, and get Myers in the midfield. He's good in terms of being able to give you option in terms of which bubble boy to get on or yep. premium if you want to get on in the midfield and defense i like that about him i don't like sideways trading i would look for another option to trade him like andrew mcgrath i like that trade more than a side yeah, even exactly. stewart at least you're banking 35k or whatever exactly right and then you've got to remember there's there's also lads coming back as you mentioned david myers um will be coming back soon so i reckon you know i reckon power pepper to myers could be a good downgrade if you can show something also, Ben Long from St Kilda is going to get a game. He's done quite well. And look out for Balak again this week. Could I think he'll have the Harley Balak spokesman. <laughs> no, Harley Balak. <laughs> no, just because I'd see what he's done in the waffle. He's had like over thirty touches, four games in a row. He's an inside mid. So when he gets the crack at it, he's going to be very good for Super Coach. Yeah, very much like Scott Pendlebury because he played basketball. So there you go. well, interesting point as well with uh, if Harley Bennell gets his calf, his oh, calf God. right. 
do you reckon do you reckon that Supercoach is going to do a discount on him or are they going to do a Jager on us and make him more expensive? No, they'll definitely discount him, but I would not be touching Harley Bennell regardless. Even if he comes out next year and scores 300 in every single JLT, I would not be touching Harley Bennell. So, you, you, so you, okay, we've got this on record now. So if he comes out and scores, uh, well, we'll be more realistic than 300s, but... Um, but he scores well in the JLT. If he averages over 100 in the JLT. You're still not going to touch him. 220K. He reminds me of Daniel Wells last year. <laughs> Remember that with Wells? And you yeah. you didn't have him initially, did you? Oh, no, no I talked you. You talked me him. into it, yeah. Yeah, and he worked out. I don't know. Benel, I just don't trust. He gets right. back. Well, we have it on record, so you're not allowed to get Harley Benel next year if he does well in the JLT. There we go. It's on record now. <laughs> We're so prone to staying to our words. So I'm sure it'll happen. Uh, last question from Alexander. Is it too late to bring in Mark Murphy? Big discussion point. Mark Murphy looks very good. We were talking about Brent Stanton uh, yes, before the we podcast were. started and comparing it, and Stanton had very similar to this, but Murphy's done it in the past. Four consecutive years, over 110 back in the day when he had the really dark, weird-looking emo-style haircut. <laughs> um, I like Mark Murphy, but he could average 110, 113 for the rest of the year, but it's going to be heavily inflated by these three scores, which if you're trading him in now, you're going to miss out on. Exactly. Um, The thing is with Mark Murphy, I mean, I don't think anyone expected him to score as big as he has over the first three weeks of the season, so that's something. But the thing is with Mark Murphy as well is that he does score, historically does score a lot of 80s, um, 70s and you know low 90s and things like that. I think that'll Surely definitely get tagged. Exactly. I think that'll definitely come eventually. Um, I don't know how he's taggable as well in terms of he's not like a contestable bull where he's not going to. He's, he's like Cochin. I compare him to Cochin quite a lot yeah. in terms of very taggable if the opposition does put yeah. a tag on him, which could slow his scoring. Exactly. Who do they play this week? Gold um, Coast. Gold Coast. Yeah. Barlow. Run with. Mm. Um, he's still probably cheap enough to pick up 510k is still quite cheap but to think he was 430k he's a bit of a stinger yeah it does (laughs) but at least one good thing is that we didn't really consider him at any point after his first poor JLT game be worse if you had him and traded him out exactly I saw some person trade him out 15 minutes before lockout and the thing is a lot of people it was either Murphy or Beams and like 90% of people went Beams so and Beams is a bit injured at the moment. Uh, apparently, we which we found out that somehow apparently got a corked quad. So, uh, but he should play. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, remember to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on iTunes, review us positively. Positively. Um, follow positive. us on SoundCloud <laughs> and leave a like on the podcast on SoundCloud if you haven't already. Good luck for the weekend ahead. A lot of things. Any big calls, Noah, from you for this weekend? Big calls. Big call. All right, let me find a big call. Um, oh, I reckon. Big call. Clayton Oliver's going to go 150 plus. So I'm going to have the BC on him. He's going to be great. <laughs> you are trading in, at this stage, you're trading in Clayton Oliver. I did for Jager Amira. Yes, I have. Any at other this trades? Stage. Um, I am thinking of another trade. It's quite controversial, but it, we are yet let, to see whether, whether it happens or not. I don't think it will happen, but. Um, the community may find out in the match centre over the weekend when they look at my side and notice any differences if you've picked up on who I have in the podcast. 
And also, I'm thinking of a very controversial Ooh, move as well. So look out for us uh, during the game day part. <laughs> oh, we could be flying at the end of the week or could be going very poorly. All right, guys, we'll catch you next week. Good luck. Yep, happy happy Easter to everyone. Uh, happy eat, Easter as eat well. Eat lots yeah. of chocolate. Um, enjoy it. Uh, footy spread out over five days this week. So it's yeah. a bit of a... Is it five days? Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, five days. Um, so it's going to be a big bonanza of footy. So enjoy. Enjoy. All right, see you guys. All right, bye.